Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. What got me so interested in hopping on the call with you so quickly after exchanging messages in cyberspace was I, well, you know, this community is skeptical. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know, like, what do you mean you can take somebody from 1 million to 10 million? I'm sure there are people listening to this right now saying, like, how prove it, show me, what, where, where is the evidence for that? What would you say to people who were like, how, like, prove it? That's cool. As a growth expert, like walk us through what is RevOps and science and what people are getting wrong and why you're able to fill that gap where other people aren't. Got it. So when anyone asks me to prove it, first of all, I say, put your gun away because I'm not here to prove that we are not in court or nothing like that. If you want to go to court, go to Abraham. That's number one. (laughs) I'm not going to tap dance for nobody. That's number one, because I know I'm good at what I do, period. And if you feel the need for me to have to prove it to you, that's an internal conversation you need to have with yourself. Number two, the first thing that I would tell somebody that approaches me with true curiosity is, you want to talk to one of my clients that was skeptical like you? Let me pick the phone. Let me put you on the phone with Madeline with Madeline Beck. Let me put you on the phone with David Cabello. Let me put you on the phone with any of my startup founders that arrived with purpose and a proven business model. And... Ask them to tell you how I did it because I can tell you anything I want. I could take you to Alice in Wonderland. I can take you to Alice in Wonderland, baby. But you hearing it from somebody else, that removes the need for me to prove it to you. Now, if you're sitting there and you're interested and you're saying, listen, I believe what it is that you do, but lift up the curtain, let me see. I'll walk you right through it. RevOps science is based, it's our intellectual property, first of all, because I want to unpack the fact that RevOps is IT. That's all it is. It's data governance. That's all RevOps is. It's data on a shelf that basically creates a library of information where leadership of a startup can go pull a book off the shelf and make decisions with it. That's what RevOps is. It's very behind the scenes. It's very operational. That's not RevOps science. That's not what revenue growth means. That's assessment. It's not theory and it's not strategy. RevOps science takes the information from that library, puts it into a Cliff's Notes version, gives you your best, better, and good recommendations as a team leadership, and aligns five pillars of revenue generation in order for you to lean into the best way to grow revenue. Most founders particularly at the million-dollar stage, they hear the word growth, and they say growth equals sales and marketing. And I say, I'd love to challenge you on that. Let me give you the most common scenario where growth can happen without sales and marketing because sales and marketing is very expensive. I had a very specific situation with a female founder based in Denver where she had very specific ideas about how she wanted to grow, and it was sales and marketing. And so, you know, I asked her to walk me through her plan. And she said X, Y, and Z was her plan. And it was all very sales and marketing focused. And I said, okay, cool. Let me save you $350,000 today. And she said, bullshit, get out. And I was like, "In what? I'm going to save you $350,000 today. Okay, where do you get it? Okay, so you're telling me that you want to grow through sales and marketing. This is what equals revenue, right? No. And it's expensive. So where's your $350,000? Okay, you want to hire two AEs from Accenture. They're going to cost you $150,000 each in uh, salary. And they're going to expect a tech stack and a BDR to do their grunt work for them. 
So there's your $350,000 before you make a penny back over a year. Number two, they're going to need ramp up. So they're going to be looking to marketing to develop the content in the way that they wish to, the content to be developed. Number four, this is an outbound push that's unproven. This is uncharted territory. There's no data directing or revealing insight into the best path forward. Let us look in a different direction. Bullshit. You can't do it this way. Jonathan, you know, I hired you and you're like, you're going nuts. Like, I don't know what direction you're going. I said, okay, give me two weeks. Hold me accountable to the results. If not, you don't pay this month. Leave the fuck alone. I'm going to do what I need to do. Just let me be in my zone of genius with you. And she said, two weeks, you're accountable. Great. What did I do? I said, let us examine what it is that we got in business for. What is the purpose? We got really clear on the purpose. And that purpose, we went out to market with that purpose instead of product, purpose over product. And that purpose was to make it really, really easy to digest. It was empowering intersectional women and equity in the workplace. Cool. So we went to market really curious and real stupid, right? Asking the question that they weren't allowed yeah, to ask at the time. Accenture had like a $300 million fund for female empowerment, equity, and it was the global funds. And they were looking to partner with other organizations that shared that mission. And all they really wanted to know was like, how? Okay. So we made that conversation happen with Accenture, between Accenture and this particular startup. And they said, oh my God, how wonderful. We want to be your channel partner. In nine months, the results of that channel partnership resulted in $750,000 in net new revenue. And at the end of that first nine months of partnership, Accenture offered to invest a round of $1.7 million independent on a, excuse me, on a royalty basis. So it wasn't an equity play. It was a royalty with a cap on it. So it's not in perpetuity or anything like that. So at the end of that, of course, it was a big celebration. Everybody loved it. And I said to my founder at the time, because this is a founder. If you're not aggressive and hard-headed and passionate as a founder, don't come to me. Because if you're a pushover, you're not going to make it. You need to come and be challenging, right? But at the end of that, you know what felt damn? It felt like ice cream on the 4th of July to say I told you so to that founder. And I said to her, I was like, yo, you see now that revenue doesn't always equal sales and marketing? Because you received not only a $1.7 million investment, you received 750000 net new revenue, and you didn't have to hire a single salesperson. That's called thinking about revenue growth, not sales growth, right? So now the next iteration is going to be, with this now new body of clientele, let us now go on a listening tour. Let's understand why us, why now, what solution are we providing? How do we exceed your expectations? How can we do better? Where else are you spending money and on what? Why would we do that? Marketing? And I'm like, no product. It's like, hmm. Okay, tell me more. Okay, again, without us having to go and spend $350,000 minimum on the humans that are going to push just your sales, and we're not even talking marketing, we're going to listen in to the current customers that you have and find out what problems they need solving we're going to take that information and we're going to put it in two places. We're going to put it in marketing to build messaging around that, around that pain point. And we're going to give it to product to build a product upgrade or a buy-up that solved that particular problem. So we're building a product roadmap and we're building a messaging pillar. In this way, what you're able to do is, is thinking in small numbers, if you have 10 customers 
who are paying you $10 a month for product A, but you upgrade them and now they all start paying $15 a month for product B. In addition, again, you've just grown revenue without having to push sales. So the beauty of RevOps science, the challenge and the magic is, well, it's not magic because that sounds fucking corny, but the science behind it is, is that before you stick your foot in your mouth with tactics like, yes, sales, yes, marketing, yes, ads, yes, brands, yes, events, yes, this thing, yes, that, it's let us slow down so we can grow fast. Let us use the free data that is available to you within your startup's revenue generating pillars and convert that into net new revenue. Let us leave the most expensive and labor intensive tactics like hardcore outbound sales, like hardcore um, lead generating or demand generating marketing. Let's actually leave that shift for last, bro. And let us use what we got to do better because with that being said, we're going to get closer to our customers. We're going to build a better community and we're going to lead with product instead of having to always be in desperation of, I need new sales. I need a new round of funding. I need a VC. No, you don't. You need to slow down. Look at what you built to get to your first million dollars. And then from there, take it to the next level using the most intelligent data that's already existing within your startup ecosystem. That is a heck of an answer. And I do think it cuts up right at the heart of what makes success meant and your approach and RevOps different. It does, though, make me curious about what people are doing now. Like, is, is growth expert a thing? Like, where are people going now? When people come to you, what are they doing before they get to you? The way that they think about growth is sales or VC funding. That's it. It's tunnel vision. Sales or VC funding. Sales or VC funding. Sales or VC funding. And I'm like, okay, so it's we, we know it's systematic, sis. Like, you're a diverse human you're non, you know, you're non-white. I hate the word BIPOC because it's just like everybody who's not white and that's just like, it minimizes people's identities. But in this scenario, you're non-white, right? So you come to me and your first thing is, we need VC funding, we need VC. And it's just like, wait a minute, why? Give me the why. Because we need runway, we need runway, we need runway, we need, okay, give me the why. And the why is because we need more money in the bank. We need net new revenue. So we either need to improve our operating cost of profit or we need net new sales. I'm like, thank you for the real answer. So what I need you to do is put it on pause and let us focus on the end result and not the path to get there. And that can be difficult for some people who are like, I don't know what that means. Like that is so um, mind blowing to me. Are you here to do my sales? Are you here to do my marketing? Are you here to... And I'm like, I don't know what I'm here to do. Why? Because I haven't heard what it is that you're good at what your vulnerabilities are, what the barriers are, who your, who the human beings are on your team, all of the things. I got to listen to what it is that I have in front of me. I got to look at the data before I can tell you. As a matter of fact, yes, I agree. Sales is the way to grow at this time. Or you know what? I disagree. There's actually a different way. We could do product-led growth. Or you know what? Because of your um, resource constraints, we believe confidently that community-led growth is going to be your path of least resistance. But don't come to me with a fire in your belly about VC funding, VC funding. It's just like, wait a minute. That's a really competitive space to be in. (laughs) And you're competing for the 7% of crumbs that this country is going to give you. 
<laughs> worse if you're a woman. That's actually 0.9%, not even seven, right? So it's just like, let us get intelligent about how we're going to grow instead of mimicking the things that are around us. So the easiest way to remember that is when they zig, baby, we're going to zag, period. That's a good point. A lot of people do maybe rush into decisions that it'd be helpful if they had, you know, some mentors or people in their personal network to help. And speaking of personal network, who in yours has provided some unexpected value in a way that you didn't mention? Because we were actually talking about this on the way over here, how you have become even more prominent in the tech startup ecosystem, seemingly in the last three months, but I know you've been working on SuccessMint since 2019. Is there any personal, you know, is there anybody in your personal network in particular who provided some unexpected value? And you can talk about your mentoring relationships and how they came about as well. So first of all, the only reason that I'm growing is because I'm young, cute, and single. So again, if you're listening to this, look at my... I'm just kidding. I am just kidding, Abraham. I'm stop being silly. No, you know what? It was um actually my team. I am big into uh, really being authentic. Like, if you can't handle my personality, don't come to Successful for the benefits if you can't handle my personality. Because this is the, the culture that we're in. I'm raw, I'm to the point, and I'm, I'm really direct about what's going to work. And I'm very, very quick to disagree if I think that you're really, really passionate and really, really wrong. Because at the end of the day, you're going to hold me accountable to the results because you're t trying to tell me what to do. If you're sitting in front of me, you're here to listen. You're not here to tell me this is what I need you to do for me. You can go do that with like an ethical marketing agency or a lead gen agency or something that or a partnership that's going to be metrics focused. I'm only focused on revenue and building black, brown, Latinx, and queer futures. If you're not on that boat and all you want to do is tell me what to do, I can't work with you. So word of caution if you're going to reach out to me. We're going to have a very authentic, down-to-earth conversation about what the challenges are and what the path forward is to generate revenue. The visibility piece came from my internal team saying, you know what? We are not just a revenue growth agency. We're a movement. You know, This is not just a moment. You know, this isn't just a DEI thing as this popular thing. You know, we really are building futures, you know, and the way that other quote-unquote agents and boo agencies, I hate that word because I'm really an in-house partner, to be honest, me and my whole team. But anyway, the way that other agencies look at it is they're constantly saying, we're industry-specific, we're tactic-specific, we're really, really good at telecom, we're really, really good at supply chain, we're really, really good at SaaS, we're really good at B2B. Okay, that's cute for you and all that. And then the other side of the conversation when it comes to these partners is, is we're really, really good at lead gen. We're really, really good at SEO. We're really, really good at web dev. We're really, really good at social media. And it's like, that's also dope, bro. But tell me how that ladders up to, tell me what the revenue outcome is. Don't tell, don't tell me what the metric improvement is. I don't want to talk about how many hits you got to the website. I don't want to talk about how many social media followers you got. I don't want to, I don't give a fuck about the lead list that you're producing me. I don't get, listen, that's cute for you, sis. Talk to me about revenue outcomes. And if I don't get revenue tomorrow, tell me why. Tell me what we're doing different and tell me how long it is before we hit revenue targets. You want to have that kind of conversation? You come to me. You want to talk about how many social media followers you got or what engagement you got on your website is or how wonderful your product is or the retention rates on your customers. You can go talk to those people over there. I don't want to talk about that. We might have conversations about why those metrics matter on the path to revenue growth. But at the end of the day, I like talking about revenue. I like talking about growth, real growth. Has the bank account grown? 
Not how many sales do I have in my pipeline? How many leads have we generated? How many are about to close? No, I want to talk about how, you know, how much net new business have we, have we had? What is the overall retention rate? And how has product pushed that to up sales over time in terms of customer lifetime value? Those are metrics that matter. Okay, That's a conversation that I started having. And again, the success in squad pushed me and said, yes, and we need to be talking about our purpose as well. Your team said that. That wasn't you. That was your team. That was my team because my team recognized how passionate I was about diversity, equity, inclusion, access, belonging, parity, how I spoke about it, and also how I unofficially qualified new business by asking them, what's your, hey, by the way, you know, that's, <laughs> you got a budget? Great. Love that for you. You're changing the world. Awesome. By the way, what is your commitment to economic futures for Black, Latinx, and queer people? What's your DEIB statement? Where does it live? How does that, how do you operationalize that? Is that just a blurb on your website? How do you incorporate that into your everyday operations? And that's what this quantified folks are doing. Listen, you want to sell toothbrushes on Amazon and make a billion dollars? That is, listen, love it for you. You can do that. You deserve it. You're awesome. Great. Go do it. But if you're not changing the future for Black, Latin, and queer economies and building a future where my daughter walks into a room and she can get respect without the stereotypical, oh my God, you're so pretty. Oh my God, can you cook? Can you dance? Oh my, you know, I don't want to do business with you. There's plenty, listen, you want to go to an agency, boo agency, you want to go to an agency and do that? Go ahead. I, listen, I have a Rolodex for you, sis, but don't come to me and not have a commitment to my mission and decide to do business. My team called me out on that. They're like, Jonathan, you need to step into purpose. Like this needs to be a part of the conversation. And this also has a ripple effect into how the startups that I work with grow because I use the example of HubSpot, for example, right? HubSpot is a CRM. That's all that they, they're a CRM, right? But they have been one of the darlings, the Hollywood superstars of what it means to build brands and community because they have become one of the number one stops in the world for all things marketing. That's their why. We want you to have the best marketing in the, the finest marketing in the world. That's our why. Our what is with our CRM. Same thing with successful. We want to revolutionize the world. We want to blow shit up socially, not you know, shit, hold on in case the feds are listening. We want to socially cause an anarchy where we turn social normatives and economic realities on its head. That is the heart of what it is that we do. The what, the conduit, is through growing revenue in diverse communities that are leveraging technology to do so. And the what we do to do it, the how, is with RevOps science. That's our intellectual property, right? When you connect those dots, it makes it more meaningful and less transactional. And what I find with a lot of founders that I work with, a lot of startup teams, a lot of startup leadership teams that I work with that are at or around the million dollar mark, they're like, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we growing? Why aren't we growing? Well, baby, all you're doing is talking about your product. A million people sell toothbrushes. A million people sell this tech solution. A million people do that. A million people do this. How are you routing your product or your solution to their pain point. You're not. You're screaming, buy my product. I built this castle. Come visit me. And it's just like, that's not how you do it. 
So again, circling back to my team, they were like, you're always talking about this with the startup stuff and you know, it works for them. Why aren't we doing it? And I said, you know what? Fuck you for being so smart. This is why you're on this team. You're right. And we really stopped tiptoeing and started stomping in 2023 about who we were going to accept as clients, who we weren't, and why. Shout out to your team for having the space to be able to do that and for you being the leader, the CEO, and listening to them. I think that shows a lot of growth and maturity. Speaking of growth and maturity, you told us a few stories so far (laughs) that were tough and challenging, getting the pink slip. Mm. Since you started Successment, has it been all, you know, popping bottles and rosé and and all of these other good, you know, celebrations? Or did you actually have any challenges with Successment? Or did you come out of the gate at a million dollars in market cap? Like, did you have any low moments? And if so, talk about that because you deal with low moments all the time with your clientele. Did that ever hit home with you personally or professionally? You know, once a week, usually I sit there and I decide, you know what? I'm just going to roll up burritos at Taco Bell. This is too much for me. But <laughs> um, no, it's, it's manifested in a couple of different ways. It's a challenge to discuss them because everybody, I think, rumbles kind of like being vulnerable. But I am able to remember one of the lowest points at Successment. We've never lost but exactly one client since 2019. Our clients always stay with us, whether they're at 10 million under, on their way, whatever. When we did lose a client, it was painful because as a leader, I had never factored in what that means to the bottom line in everybody's salary. So there was a moment of scarcity where, you know, I said to the team, like, I'm going to need to go out and get new business, guys. Um, we just lost our biggest client. They decided to take their um, their growth in-house. And this was a very successful startup at the time. They had grown. And this was also earlier in the successful journey where we weren't fully leaning into purpose. So this was like really like over our white cash cow, right? Like it's really like it was a very big, meaty, profitable client. And what ended up happening was is that people's salaries got affected. And I had to tell people like, yo, if y'all want to dip right now or if y'all want to take sabbatical into like a comeback and pay you where you need to be, like, I get it, but I don't want nobody doing that. So just like, you know, I'll talk to y'all later. This was a, a, a unit within Successment. I was like, yo, I'll talk to y'all later. And and they were just like, you know, hands clapping, stomping feet. Like, we're not going nowhere. Like, how dare you? Like, we're in this to win this with you. Like, you're going to put us back where we need to be salary-wise when you can. Because we've been here. And we're going to go where you're going next. And we already know what you're capable of, Jonathan. How, like, don't be so stupid. What's next order of business next week? Like, stop being foolish. Wait a minute. So you couldn't make payroll and your team didn't want to leave? No. And it was an entire business unit that they, that like, I literally, like, I had to sit with my partner. I was legit terrified. Because, first of all, I was embarrassed. I was humbled. This was difficult. It was a challenge for me. I didn't really know how to approach it. I was like stressed out about it. And I knew I saw the writing on the wall for a month prior because it was at the turn of a year. Oh, so it was a slow burn. It was a slow burn. And I'm there like sitting there and it's like the boat's filling up and all I got is like a little teacup and I'm trying to we're at the water without panicking anybody. But when shit finally hit the fan and I looked at the budget for the month of January when we were changing that year, I knew it. 
And I was also rumbling with it because at the end of the year, everybody expects a bonus. I'm huge on bonuses at Successment. And I'm huge on paying people what they're valued at. What do you mean you're big on bonuses? What do you mean? I, listen, I bonus when there's fucking rain outside. I bonus when it's a sunny day, when it's a rainy day, when it's Valentine's Day, when we have new business, when we have... I bonus the shit out of my team because I believe that I can sit there and make the amount of money that I make, but I would not be able to do that or have the lifestyle that I have for my daughter if it wasn't for my team. I'm not a one-man show. I'm no longer a founder. I'm already a CEO. Big damn difference. And I cannot do that without appreciating and validating the team of human beings that support my vision, my bullshit, my impulsivity, my passion, my intensity, the change of direction that sometimes I get, the force of nature and the aggression that only a New Yorker knows how to channel in the way that they speak. And they sit there and they withstand and they love and they appreciate and they validate and we celebrate together. And I need to give that right the fuck back. So I am huge on bonuses at success, period. Always will be that way. So in this particular instance, I mean, I didn't even look at any of that. I'm just like, yo, if I was working a job and motherfucker come pay me, I'm different. Like, bye. So I had to go in with they're going to fuck me up. They about to, you know, I'm back in the Bronx 2002, you know. They're about to beat my ass on the playground for taking somebody's Play-Doh. And they showed me, and mind you, none of them are from New York, but they gave me so much grace <laughs> with that rough New York shit that I'm always on that it was like, I was almost in tears, bro. Like, that was such a moment for me. And that... Time period, which I originally forecasted for a month, turned into three. And they were still... And I was constantly like, oh my God, you're still showing up to... What? Shh, shh. What needs to be... Jonathan, what do we got to do? And I don't, But you're still here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what do you need from the division? Let's move forward. We're not worried about that. Yes, we're going through a, a period of scarcity, but fuck all that. We need to move forward because if we go, how are you going to do it by yourself? We need to get, we need to get through this. And best believe that to make a long story short, they were very and remain very handsomely rewarded for their loyalties to success. Well, let's get into it a little bit more. You have a connection to the BR. Are you seeing that as a market of growth in this tech? Like, what are your plans for DR? I, so this is a particular thing for me about mindset. I wouldn't say that it's a uniquely Latino mindset or worldview, but when you're from a country that's not particularly wealthy, you grow up with a strong affinity for the hustle. Because if you don't hustle, you're going to live miserably. And I was raised, I'm mixed, first of all. Let me say that first and foremost. My father is Haitian, pure Haitian from the island. My mother is Puerto Rican Cuban. My stepfather and the entire city of New York, my friends, all of the closest people to me in my life are Dominican. So growing up, I always say I'm mixed, but I was raised the Dominican way. That's where I have the strongest cultural ties outside of New York. So I visited the island many times. I have many friends there. I have family there, family through marriage and stuff like that. But whatever, that's how I identify. When I see the Dominican Republic in particular, there is so much hustle in the Dominican person. If you're Dominican, man, hustle is just... You see an opportunity, you're going to do the James Bond somersault in order to get in front of that opportunity. But very much in the same way that I work with tech startups, all that passion is not going to turn into power, right? Unless you know exactly what you're doing. So instead of sitting there and turning that hustle into, I need a sugar daddy. 
I need somebody to send me a remesa, a remesa from the U.S. I need somebody to pay for my visa. I need to con this tourist into buying me, uh, you know, a, a, a quick weekend trip to Punta Cana. It's like, get your ass on the internet, start looking at YouTube, start Googling shit, and fucking sell beads online. Do something. But the internet and technology are powerful. And that is not a conversation that's happening in Dominican Republic. It's not a conversation that's happening in Haiti. It's not a conversation that's happening at large in Latino America. And I feel strongly that for me personally, because of my personal passion and affinity for uh, Republica Dominicana, that's where I want to get my start. I have a great relationship with tech stars. I have a great relationship with many tech ecosystems and accelerators and VC firms and all of this stuff. And I feel as though with the network of change makers that I have relationships with, if I can go to a nation like Dominican Republic and start developing a tech ecosystem, which is still, it's kind of in earnest, it's building. I have some knowledge and insight into it. Then, you know, I could do that anywhere. You know, that's that, that's a whole global enterprise. That's a whole global movement. You know, I, I work with startups in Puerto Rico. That's right next to the Dominican Republic. What's the difference? You feel me? But I remember a specific founder. I know if you're listening to this, you're going to text me that called me in tears and said, yo, I bought my mother a house, bro. I bought my mother a house because of the growth that you've been able to partner with me on at Successment. I came to you at a million, because I didn't say her name. Okay, yes, I can. I didn't say her name. She came to me at maybe a million seven in revenue. Very guarded. This is what I want, and I know. Eh, eh. And I had to navigate through that trauma that she had been through, mindset-wise. Then I had to gain her trust, which was also equally difficult. And then I had to deliver her results through the actual campaigns, right? Because we did the strategy. It was a learning experience for her. She showed me vulnerability by saying, I don't understand this. What does this mean for the bottom line? What does this mean in terms of results? What is this going to deliver me? And I walked her through that. And she gave me her trust and grace. And we were able to, I think in 26 or 30 months, disclaimer, results not typical, you know, consult your attorney about all that because I'm not false advertising. But in 26 months or so, we were able to take her from 1.7 to about 3.2. So almost a 2x in revenue, more or less. If you are really, really curious about who this person is, you can look at the 2x revenue case study on the successful website. But I'm not going to shout her out on this podcast. But if you want to see what 2x revenue means and how we did it, there's a very specific case study on successment.co slash case studies or under the wins menu bar, whatever. If you really want to get into the go look and then give me a call. We've been going on for over an hour and a half here, 90 minutes of, of solid That's because I just talk too much. That's all. Well, it's good stuff. And I'm hoping that many people listen to the whole thing because I find it valuable. This is basically the last question, but I do want to ask, and you've probably answered this throughout this conversation, which has been phenomenal. It really has. Thank and you. I personally was very interested in going deeper into rev science and learning more about your story and how you got here because uh, you don't get here by mistake and you don't get here without persevering through challenges. But what is the most valuable thing that you do for clients of successment or even mentees? But in your own words, what is the most valuable thing that you do for people who enter your orbit? Two things. I give them permission for them to know 
that they can make it to the next level and it doesn't need to be horrible and painful and scary and complicated and convoluted and you know what do I do there's no direction all it is is a bunch of experiments maybe I'll get lucky maybe it'll work maybe it won't whatever it's such a like no your experience expertise and background in the industry with your feelings is one part of the formula data is the second part of the formula customers are another part of the formula then science is what puts it together and that gives you a very yellow brick road to revenue growth and I hand that to you and I zip it and I listen and I want to make sure that you understand this is the best way to grow revenue and it might be very different from what you pictured that uncomplication of revenue growth is the gift that I give to founders. Number two is I give them power, and that power is revenue growth. I'm not a partner that you come to and you say, hey, do you do SEO? Hey, do you do marketing? Hey, do you do sales? Hey, do you do... Don't ask me what I do. Tell me what your goal is, and then we're gonna plan the strategy and the tactics to get you there, in that order. It's a powerful combination, and just in talking with a number of listeners, those are the two things that they're looking for. Hey. How do I get my mind right? And two, how does that translate into actual dollars? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're providing both of those. So I would encourage you all to check out the case study and the Successment website journey. Like we mentioned earlier, Jonathan has been very prolific on LinkedIn specifically, but social media more broadly recently. And to just learn a little bit more about Jonathan's story because it is just getting started. I guess the real last question would be- uh, <laughs> You lying to me, Abraham. <laughs> well, this one hopefully is, is more, of a, a, more of a softball or layup, but what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you uh, like, and get a response? Because you're active, you know what I mean? You, you stay in touch with people. You're only taking one client a month, but if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to get on a phone call with you, if they want to get, you know, on a video call with you or whatever, if they want to reach you down here in quaint Orlando, what's the best way and proper way to do it? Send me something with Fendi labels on it. No, I'm just kidding. The best way to contact, just reach out, man. Google me, Jonathan J. Mentor. You're going to see everything come up. You're going to see I'm on YouTube. I'm actually trying to build my YouTube right now. So if you comment under my YouTube or something like that, that's probably going to get my attention the fastest, but I'm also on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. So at Jonathan J Mentor is going to give you access to all my social media, or you could just Google Jonathan J Mentor. I'm going to be there, or contact me through the Successment website or the Successment social media. There's a contact page on the Successment um, contact page, and you know what? Like, thank you so much, Abraham, for sharing your impression of my social media presence but it's not like i have like a hundred million followers or anything like that i have a really engaged community because the people in my community have already seen the results that rev science can deliver but like legit just reach out i'm not gonna sit there and be too busy not to answer your message i will respond you know what i mean depending on what it is that you need and want but just know that because i have been abraham super magnanimous with my time in terms of what I do and the mentees that I work with, the demand is kind of getting up there. You know what I mean? In terms of clients, mentees, because everybody's always like, can you mentor me? And, you know, in their mind, it's like, can you consult me for free? Not the same thing. <laughs> Not the same thing. So if you want to become a mentee of mine and you just want to get your mindset right or whatever, I only mentor startups and startup founders that have already been approved by the accelerator that we partner with. Pharrell's Black Ambition, 
Techstars, Parallel 18, Lightship Capital, Start Out, and some others. If you want to become a client, the easiest way for you to do that is to do a, um, a revenue ignition form on the Successment website. That'll tell us everything that we need to do. Or again, just reach out. Like I'm super, like not Hollywood, just reach out and be like, yo, can I book a time? All I'm going to do is I'm going to probably be a short answer because I got a lot of message. I'll say yes and I'll throw you a calendar link and then you book me. And then when I'm there with you, I'm going to be all yours. So you tell me what it is that you want to talk about. You feel me? And if worse comes to worse, what's my favorite thing to say, Abraham? We could always be friends for free. Period. It's high energy all the time. It's not just on this podcast. When you have that initial phone call, what you hear is what you're going to get when you have that encounter. So first of all, thank you all for listening to this because this is a lot of you know, meaningful and meaty conversation. With that, we want to leave you with the last word. For the Black and Latinx and queer professionals out there. My request for you is please be yourself. Step into your authenticity. That is the first step. Don't talk to me about revenue. Don't talk to me about challenges. Don't talk to me about technology. Don't talk to me about competitors. Arrive as yourself. Step out of your trauma. Provoke visibility by being visible in your power and make it easier for our community to continue to grow by sharing your knowledge and resources and partnerships and information and wisdom with others because it's not all about just us building businesses and technology to feed our own families. It's about creating a sustainable and defensible future for our race and community and class, all of the things. And we can only do that by being authentic with each other. So fuck the code switch, okay? That's number one. And fuck the idea that you don't belong in the spaces that you fought so hard to be in. You're here, you are seen, you matter. And when you're ready to ignite that revenue, baby, you give me a call and I will do it with incredible integrity, focus, and ambition for and with you. What a closing message. Thank you for popping into the studio and inviting us down to Orlando to, to hear more about your story. So thank you for that in your final words. And until next time, we bid you adieu. Stay popping. <laughs> thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guest to pop in. And if you enjoyed today's podcast recording, please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.